Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there is a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus or Maxime today, but I am fired up to announce that rejoining me after way too long, the host of the Athletic Alchemy YouTube show, an incredibly popular channel with more than 61,000 subscribers, a talented basketball mind whose tight and clear breakdown of Warriors video footage has helped me win more than one sports arguments, and a man whose description of Clay as an insatiable scorer He's had me smiling just all day. Uncle Athletic Alchemy, what's going on, Alk? What's going on, Bram? Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. I'm going to start this one very similar to the way we started the last one. And it's with a compliment, but really, it's an acknowledgement of pressure. So every time I announce that we're having you on, and I put that into different platforms, Reddit and Twitter and wherever the hell we go, the immediate responses are always, oh my God, I might listen now. It's like, oh, he's my favorite guy. And I'm actually here. And in case you think I'm joking, here's something from Elijah Rodriguez. Quote, let's go. He's my favorite Warriors content creator. I've been winning so long. It's like alchemy. He's a very wise guy and has what I would describe as a unique breakdown perspective. Dot, dot, dot. Great guest. I might actually have to tune in. So you apparently you are ushering in a bunch of new guys and girls and, you know, b- big pressure. We appreciate you. No, man, it's it's humbling. It's humbling. I'm glad to be here, man. I, I, I'm i trying to step out and, and do because, you know, I'm kind of a, a monologue guy. You know what I mean? I just do my, do my thing, but I'm trying to expand and, and get better. So I appreciate you having me. 
Um, every time I watch one of your videos, and that includes today, I'm always impressed at that monologue ability. I mean, you know, God knows, dude, no one's going to say that I don't talk too much, but I've never done the solo pod. I always have somebody else to kind of bounce this sit back and forth on. Is it easier? I mean, give us, give us a look behind the curtain. Like, do you enjoy being able to just go in any direction you want, or would you occasionally like to bounce it off people? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you get good at what you do. And so I'm a talker, so it's naturally easy. I think that it's, you know, the fill words and the losing train of thought. And the, you, I don't like to do that. You know, the YouTube thing is there's a ton of jump cuts that, that, that a lot of yeah. the younger. That, that, so I try to flow and, and get my points across. But it, it's a give and a take. You usually hit the points you want because you're not, you know, you know, never get interrupted. Yep. But sometimes uh, if you're lacking creativity, you just like, did I, what was the point of that? Either? Yeah. Yep. It was a little balancing act. I'd go monotone, I'm sure. Or I'd go too fast. The And this would be my last just like, obvious ass kissing compliment. But the thing again that I was impressed with today is the pace. It's not easy to keep just straightforward and a pace that's easy to follow without going too fast and too slow, especially when you're on your own and you hit that man. So, uh, so nicely played, but shockingly, I didn't call you on just to kiss your ass. I actually had some warrior questions. And in fact, dude, you're the exact guy we need. So unlike me, I don't feel like you're blinded or blinded rather by your fandom. You can actually watch this team and critique them and you have no problem speaking your mind. And so because of that, Every now and again, since the last time we've had you on, we get a question that I kind of put off to the side and think, well, if we get Alk back, I wouldn't mind running them by him. So I've got those questions in pocket today, and we're going to get to them in a minute. Before we do, the glass half full. This is where we look back. Give me something you like or don't like from recent hoop. And I'll go first just to give you some time to think here. You know what I like, man? I like Steph overpowering CP3. So we don't have Maxime, so hopefully this will work. We'll find out together. I've got video of that exact play. So we're, we're watching a, uh, a scene from last night's game. And of course, it is not playing. Well, at some point, hopefully it'll play. And what it'll show is CP3 trying to stop Steph from going to the hoop. Uh, did you watch this? You know where I'm coming from last night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bully, bully ball, Steph. And it, it, it was it's not the first time he's got the better of CP on that baseline there. Right. That was the same location of that first clipper it's behind the back. He falls down. Uh, it, it was the beginning, the beginning of all this. That's exactly right. And then the cameras caught him. And for whatever reason, and Maxime, this makes me hate you. I can't get this damn thing to play. So I'll be able to show you, but I'm sure you saw it. Steph goes out of his way to say, this uh, ain't 2014, no mo. And he's fucking referring back to the last time that he lost to the Clippers in 2014. And in fact, and I had another video that I'd be showing you here. We'll, we'll kind of jump cut it in because I know you like jump cuts. Um, and it was an interview of CP3 after the game. And it's what I don't like. CP3 pretending that he didn't know what the hell Steph was talking about. Well, Shit, I don't know what happened in 2014. Don't <laughs> tell me. It must have been a, from a, 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 the playoffs that year. The Clippers. I think one, you know, Dub Nation has been divided this year with Steph, right? One thing we can all get, no one likes Chris Paul. It doesn't even have to be Dub Nation, right? He, he's just an unlikable guy. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's been, remember, remember, uh, kick me off the court again, boy. Kick me <laughs> off the court again in that Houston series. So this has been long running, you know what I mean? And 
And the greats, because uh, I had just talked about Steph and his, his internal motivation, right? They, they always use these other little things to keep, to keep the juice and get that added advantage. But, you know, I think the point overall was like, uh, even when, when, when a goat, when an all-timer still has, no, has nothing left to prove, they still feel like they have something to prove. And, and that's what we're seeing with Steph. A hundred percent. And kind of what we're seeing with CB3, they asked Steph about it a little bit post-game. And one of his comments, and I, I'm not even going to try to pull it up here, I'll paraphrase, was that you know sometimes people try to hold on to their top spots in the league and they get a little uh, a little chippy because of it. And he didn't use the phrase CP3, but it was obvious who he was talking about. And I, I just, I like that he said that. And then as far as CP3 pretending like he didn't know what they were talking about, did you buy that at all? No, I mean, he, we know who he is too, right? And he's the stickler. He knows every, he's arguing every little detail of every play. And that's kind of what's made him, you know, a, a great point guard. So no, no one, no one believes that. Fuck yes. And he, he started that back and forth by saying, you know what I remember? I remember rookie year, Steph spent a bunch of time at my house, um, you know, before he entered the league. It's like weird. You remember those details, but you don't remember the last time you beat him. I'm not sure that's how memory works. And I did not believe it at all. But to bring us back to where we started, what do I like? I like watching Steph Punk CP3. In fact, I think it's one of my favorite things I get to watch on television. So uh, that's mine. What do you got, man? Uh, re I think recently, I think Dante starting and closing has been a huge factor in in some of the the success lately. And I, I remember when the last time I was on here, I did I almost overstepped. I said, you know, Dante could be the key to all of this. And then I kind of backtracked it and I was like, well, you know, I don't want to get carried away here, but I, I really like Dante playing a more prominent role, both in starting and closing. And just, I think that he, he, as Kerr likes to put uh, is a connect. He's more than just a connector, but he's such a well-rounded player. He's going to rebound for you. He's going to make the extra pass. He's on the ball, right? He, you can, the mistakes that Dante makes, you can always live with because they're out of effort. And you can always say, oh, I saw what he was trying to do. I see what you're trying to do there. Some others, you're like, eh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't have to say Jordan Poole. I know exactly where you're coming from. And it, I mean, Dante always feels like he's contributing to winning. I'm stealing that from Kerr. You know, you hear similar things about Draymond. The 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 small things that don't show up necessarily on the box score do show up in the win-loss column. So I love that he's doing that. Uh, I'll add, you know what I like? I like dunks where Andre Iguodala doesn't get hurt. I like when he goes up. I mean, I know we all had our kind of collective, you know, uh, panties in a bunch when he went up there, but he not only looked spry last night, he in some ways is slowly justifying why the Warriors have held on to him. We've all been so upset about him holding on to that roster spot and he's just Udonis Haslam and they shouldn't be there. Well, based only on the last week, there's obvious method to the madness, but do you agree with that? It is Andre worth the spot now that we've seen him actually out there playing ball. I, I have to agree. I think, I think that it's the sample size. I, I think we all knew just because of how, how big and smart he is, like he could still be effective. It was like, but can you string together 10 games for us? And now with the two way situation, Wiggins, all this stuff, he's kind of being his hands being forced. He's like he's probably playing more than he would have, right? They would have yeah. eased him in a little, a little uh easier than they are. But yeah, the elevation, the elevation on that two-handed little two-handed reverse, I thought they were gonna have to give him oxygen, man. He was, <laughs> he was I haven't seen him, but I think it's the one-footed stuff. And the and the the other one, he had an and one 
where it looked like actually I think he went Planet Om too, but I think I don't Richard Jefferson was was making fun of him. Oh, he went to dunk it and he couldn't. I think that was an, an executive decision. Like, you know what? <laughs> Let me just halfway elevate and flip it up. And so, but yeah, he's when we went into that zone last night at the yeah. end of the third, um, him on the back line with Jamichael, his length and hands really blew stuff up. I, I think that that's where, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about some of the zone stuff they can throw out there uh, against different teams to try to clean this defense up. And I think he's a big part of it. You just saying that another thing I liked, um, I like that. We finally saw Jermichael green, get a little chippy, you know, he, he, we followed it back. He and Damian Lee got into it a little bit. And I remember when they first signed him, that's what I liked about the green signing. He could shoot from three, but this team has a lot of things. It doesn't have a lot of fuck you. There, there's not a lot of people who are down to fight or bring that kind of, I don't know, nasty energy to the game. And I thought Jermichael Green had it. We have not seen it all year. We saw it a little bit last night. And he's starting to contribute. Um, this is a little overly optimistic. I'll give you something I don't like. Alk, I don't like that I can't trust any lead. They're up 25 last night. And I don't relax at all. I mean, it used to be, you know, in the heart of the dynasty, that means you don't have to watch the fourth quarter. Everybody's sitting. They go up 25, and I turn to my wife and say, I think they're going to lose this game. Like, that's that's where I've reached on this team and the inconsistency they've shown, which I don't know, man. It's it's not good for my mental sanity. Yeah, it's – I mean, that's a, that's part of this team's DNA. With the, the, the Like, if we're going to celebrate the pull-up three daggers – that's going to be part of it, right? And in, in the amount of possessions and pace that they play with. But the truth is, if you, this is like the NBA right now. I mean, because mm -hmm. if you're if you're flipping around league pass, you'll go, okay, they're up. Who was it that it was? Boston's had some bad losses lately, but it, it's been Boston a couple times where I turn it on and they're up twenty and I come back and then they've lost. But I mean, it just happens in the league with the the shot variance and the three pointing three point shooting, the shot variance. It's I think it's a part of it. But yeah, the Warriors uh, lead the way in that. But back to Jamichael, though, I think that you're you're absolutely right because that was part of that's part of the package when you bring him in. And I don't he's not like a uh, in your face, loudmouth guy, but he, he's a guy around the league. You don't mess with. Yeah. And I don't think you mess with 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 Jamichael Green and it's just understood. So that's part of his value. And I think that's what was so part of the humor last night, like D League. Really? Really? Like th this is who this is who you're gonna try to chest up with? Now, I can see Jordan, right? You can see Poole. I think that's how it started. He started hand talking to Poole, and then Jamichael was like, Oh yeah. So I, I like to see a little camaraderie because I know we we haven't had much of that this year. I think it's Jalen Rose. I'm not positive, so I'll just credit Jalen Rose, but he used to use the phrase hold me back, guys. Guys who like, you know, wanted to be considered tough guys, but they really, they wanted to be held back. They they didn't want to fight. They just wanted to do that thing where you touch shoulders and turn around in a circle. I was one of those guys in high school, by the way. I was terrified of fighting. I, I couldn't fight for shit, but I pretended all the time, you know, so I recognize him. Jermichael Green, not a hold me back guy. He does not strike me like that. Like, you know, he he's fine. He'll keep it within himself. But if you decide to go in there, peel back, you know, whatever calmness he has on the outside, he'll meet you and he'll fight. He does not need to be held back in any way Aaron let's get to our golden questions man so these are these ones I've pulled they're not like breaking any originality uh boundaries really they're talking about themes that we've been running into all year but that's what make them important to me because I'm not sure how to answer them I'll give an example here's our first quote when I watch home games there are times I think this team is more talented than last year's title squad when I watch road games, there are times I think this team has less talent than a G League summer roster. 
Why do the Warriors play so much better at home than they do on the road? What do you think, man? What's what you know? We've huge sample size now. We're not talking about 10 games. You know, we're not talking about injuries. They have been dog shit on the road. Why? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, my theory was they're too reliant on the crowd energy, which is just an obvious answer. You know, I mean, they asked they asked Steve, you know, before post or pregame. And he's like, well, if I had the answer, you know, maybe we'd correct it. But so I think, you know, they're too reliant on feeding off the crowd energy. But then the counter to that would be everywhere they go, half the crowd are warrior fans. Right. right? Um, Who was it that threw out? I think it was Nick Wright and and, and Colin Coward were saying that uh, it's because they don't go out together on the road. I don't know if I buy that. You know what I mean? With, with the gap of it. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna loss just like everybody else. I think I think it just snowballs and and there is again the energy. So defensively, I think that's it's the defensive energy. Yep. We all focus on the three ball, the eruption, yep. right? But but what is the saying that we've heard Fitz say during this whole dynasty? Defense leading to offense. And that's when it really explodes for them. And they're just too reliant on that. And and that's why I think we only see it at home. They're too reliant on the crowd fueling that. And the motivation problem. I mean, that they they haven't looked great in first quarters, although that's another thing I like from last night. We finally had a hot start and and you know jumped off the screen. Um, but it feels like every time we're in a, another team's building, they're properly motivated. They're playing the defending champs and a team they've been watching, you know, for the last few months. And the Warriors come out flat almost every single time. Um, but I I want to say that, but I would imagine they talk about that before every game. They know this, just as you said, that Kerr is, is, you know, harping on it. So I don't, I can't find an easy answer. And I don't know if I've ever seen this giant of a disparity, you know, like if they were like close to 500 on the road, then that would make a little bit more sense, but they're, they are so far beneath five They're They're such a different team. It's hard to justify, I guess is the way I'll phrase it. Yeah, now I mean Draymond for all his talking, you know, he he tell he's insightful, maybe not in like, you know, I I don't know if he he's the rocket scientist he thinks he is as far as just basketball, but he he gives us these little tidbits, right? And and he, who was it? Uh, I want to say it was Portland. It was the Watford kid in Portland a, a week ago, and they're at the foul line. He goes, "That's Clay Thompson. He's got four of them. He's got four of them. You can't, you know." And how many times have we heard Draymond or Clay this season? Let an opponent know, like, hey, man, I got four of them. Like, yeah. what, what you talking about? And, and that's cool, I guess. That's the, that's the card you naturally are going to pull. But it also kind of gives you an insight into their mindset yeah. of that, you know, there is a, a level of arrogance and a level of like, man, I, I'm not worried about you. Like, I'm too cool for school. But I, I think the other theory might be on the road. We talk about this this gap and this divide of the locker room, not necessarily uh, divides, maybe not the right word, but a, a generational gap. Yep. Um, and perhaps on the road, Kerr, rightfully so, right? The veterans are going to lead the itinerary. We, if, if it's a team dinner, when sure. shoot around, all this, right? Which may work for them, but it might not work for these young guys. They may <laughs> need more structure in, in, a, in a, they, they may need to uh, just get the juices flowing more than, in, right? Because an old guy, you're stretching out and you're just trying to get loose for the game. Yeah. A young guy is trying to break a sweat and get a rhythm before a game just to use it as a big picture example. So it might be a divide between the preparation between the young guys and the vets. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. Um, I remember hearing the phrase cohesive grit. This one I won't give to Jalen Rose. I think I got it from Steve Kerr, but he said that's what they were missing on the road, cohesive grit. And it's the kind of phrase that I like 
You know, it sounds important and like, you know, hoop. It's also incredibly amorphous and hard to define. I'm not sure exactly what he means, but you know that that I think that that is a portion of it. And it probably shows itself on the defensive side. Um, here's a related question. All right. Quote, please do a glass half full title edition. Give me one reason you think they could win it this year and one reason they can't. I'll let you take this one first, man. What do you think? I mean, the easy answer is right, because if Steph Curry's healthy, they can win it, right? No, but I, I would say, and maybe, you know, it, not the most positive things, but when you the, the parity around the league, there isn't one dominant team, yep. and you look at the path and the course, and now, like, remember, the, I mean, two weeks ago, the world exploded when Durant came out here to the valley, to the desert. The Suns are looking kind of bad right now, you know? Like, they, they, could, they could slide out of that top four, but we just, it, it's been an ongoing topic, especially in the West. And so you just don't know where things are going to stand when playoff time starts. Guys are dropping like flies. And so I just, because the West is collectively so weak, I think that's the opportunity to get out of the West. But I think that the uh, the reason why we wouldn't is, I hate to revisit it, but the lack of a big man in, in the James Wiseman fiasco of, not that James was, was to blame, it was that spot and that attention that the way the roster was designed because James was supposed to be that guy. And now we're sitting here with two little two-way guys that I, I don't know what we're going to do with them. They, they've contributed. There's no doubt about it. But you again, a, the Lakers are lurking. AD, obviously Jokic, right? You saw Aiden. Aiden is hilarious, right? If Aiden wanted to, he could have dominated us last night. Yeah. Right? But he just, he's, that's yeah. not in him. But again, that would be, imagine if we run into Philadelphia or Milwaukee. I mean, I know we handled Milwaukee, but that was minus Giannis. Shit, Minnesota, Nas Reed looks like a fucking Hall of Famer when he plays against us. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the big, the lack of a big body, and I've ranted about it all season long, but there's all these like um, symptoms of that. Yeah. And the, 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 the reason we allow so many three-point, right? Here's what you hear from Fitz every week. And this guy, this is the hottest three-point shooting we've seen from this team all year. He's hit 8-3, right? It's always against the Warriors. And it's that sunken in concept that I've been calling it little man syndrome defensively. Everybody's got to sink in down to the paint. I don't know why pool or Steph and Steph. Look, I know the, the drew holiday block was incredible, but if you're pool and Steph, you got to get out to the perimeter. I don't really like, I don't want Steph in there taking charge. Yeah. You know, and I get it. It's supposed to be a, um, a, a gang mentality on the glass and in the paint, but that would be my reason why, because we didn't, we didn't answer that big body. We were all waiting for Working backwards. Great Fitz impression. I think I'd prefer listen to you do Fitz impressions than actually listen to Fitz, but that's a podcast in and of itself. Um, Wiseman, because we just haven't had you, man. So I have known to talk to you about a few of these things. When they made the trade, right call, wrong call? I mean, what, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I was a big Sadiq Bay guy. I did a whole scouting report on him that draft class. So I was kind of before the GP2 news broke. I was like, yep. okay, I like it. I like Shoot, it. Shoot, veteran, yeah. And, and, and but but I guess the backstory is the reason why Detroit moved him is he wanted um, upwards of twenty mil per, and Detroit was like, yeah, thanks, no thanks, huh, yeah, so we're gonna move him. So that that was that. I, I think, listen, I, we all love GP two, and, and in theory, what he could mean to this team, but I think clearly it was a mistake. I think what happened was that remember how we were we were supposed to be interested in OG and Anubi, and there was other these other yeah. things. That, yeah. Majiri was just doing toxic shit at the deadline i think he was he was like just stirring the pot so you imagine they're trying to see what they can get with og and then there's this and it seemed like a last second thing that kind of fell into place and they jumped on the idea of gp2 but in hindsight it's like look dude it 
if you look at like the symbols or the the signs, it was a mistake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, especially because he's been playing well too. Um, the last follow up I'll have on Wiseman because you know it is what it is, man. This boat has sailed. Um, but I had an argument with my co-host on this show. Marcus and Maxime are of the mind that if Wiseman does well now, if he goes and dominates ultimately over his career, it actually helps validate the Warriors. It, it explains why they picked him. I'm on the other side. I think that's a ridiculous position. If he plays well, it makes us look like assholes twice. We didn't develop the guy and then we got rid of him and, on, and brought back a crowd favorite, but no one who's going to be you know, getting any all-star berths anytime soon. So no, if he plays well, does it make us look good or bad? Uh, bad, right? I, Jeff, <laughs> Blake, my heads might roll, you know, but like, and, and here I've been watching him. I've been watching him because I know a lot of people are, are ready to do victory laps about James Wiseman's success, but you and I have been watching this league long enough, man. And I'm not trying to poo poo on the kid, but listen, the putting up numbers on a bad team, the final 20 games of the season means nothing. Like it means nothing. Saw now, a thousand what, people do it. We've seen yeah, it happen so many times. Yeah, it, it just, I'm sorry. It, it, I've turned the games on. They look like summer league games. So yeah, he's comfortable. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm but here's what I will say. It's very interesting to see how much better his hands and his timing look in a just traditional basic pick and roll offense. They run like a horn set and they run pick and roll. And so he's not like he just rolls to the hoop and that's it, right? And so he's he's kind of stumbling into a lot of rebounds. And the timing in hands, they look better. I, I think that one thing that we don't acknowledge is since we're so screen-centric as an offense, some of these guys, their rebounding numbers, are unless you're Kavon Looney, they're not going to look great. Like Draymond doesn't have great rebounding numbers. Yep. Um, and a lot in and, and Kaminga, who I know he's not really a big, but a lot of the time he's on the perimeter, whether he's setting a screen or he's guarding the ball. And so, yeah, he's rebounding and his hands look better. But we can have I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to have this conversation with the Wiseman fan club this time next year. Sure. Because. Well, I, I just I think, again, I, I've, I've been watching the games. I think he's going to have a hard time beating out the Dern kid. For, I, I, for that, so but Dern also has talent for those people who are already doing a parade route because Wiseman's playing so well. Go look up. Mark with a C Jackson, the big man who used to play for the Warriors. He like averaged like 25 for us. I remember him screaming unstoppable baby during like a 20 point loss or even Ike Diagu. Like there's people, the, uh, if, if you are the focus of an offense or they're giving you nothing but opportunities in the NBA, generally speaking, you can put up numbers. Although the, the way he's playing without that pressure, without like the weight of the world on his shoulders, you, you can see a difference. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Final follow-up. I always forget you're in Arizona. So how hard they take that loss, man? What were the news like today? You know, um, did it, did it mean anything to them? Are they pissy? Like, how how do you read that? You know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even follow the local stuff really. I know, I know that the fan base. Like, I'll go try and get in some hoop on Saturdays with with just some of the local, and I'll check the temperature with the younger guys, and they're really excited just overall. But I think every, I, I think it's a knowledge. You know, Arizona. One thing about out here is it is a, uh, it's a sports town. It's a sports city. I'm sure you've been out to Scottsdale and yeah. in different stuff. Spring training. So they know, like this window. Uh, 
I'll put it to you like this. There were more people that weren't thrilled about the deal than I expected. Huh. Because they loved Mikhail. Yep. And they understood how much they shrunk this window. And that was my first thing when it, I was like, hey, man, that's cool. When are those three going to be healthy at the same time? And yep. sure enough, you know, so, yeah, I don't I don't think they're as uh, enthusiastic as maybe uh, uh, some lesser fan. I won't say lesser, but fan bases that haven't had good teams would be because the Suns have been so close so many times. Sure. Yeah, sure. Do you wear my guess is yes to this question. Do you wear but but subtly do you wear Warriors gear around? You know, like when you go out and about when you go play hoop on Saturday, are you wearing like a, a beat up warrior shirt or something like that? So it depends. I have so much. So because three daughters, I have like I get Warriors gear for every, you know, fathers. I have a lot of it. I have I have the logo tatted on the shoulder, so I don't have to do that that much. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it, it's I've, I've had a couple of times randomly like someone, hey, at the gym, I know who you are. What's up, man? And I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, you want to talk Warriors. But I, I try to I try to avoid the conversation because it's like what I'm doing all the time. But I got a ton of Warriors gear. It, if it's think- I don't think there's a better answer to that question than an inadvertent reveal of, oh, well, I have the logo tatted on the shoulder, so I don't really have to wear shit. People are <laughs> able to pick that up almost immediately. It's old school. It's old school. It's an old before the run, to be fair. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't I try to I try to um avoid that conversation because you know what it is, is is I get too intense. People aren't ready for the for for how I'm gonna have that conversation. They're like, if someone like sits down, oh, so what do you think of the Suns? I'll be like, Well, what do you think? Is eight and then I'll just get like a little deeper than they I think wanted to. <laughs> well, there's uh, that's the perfect response because it shows them you're out of your depth uh, to actually answer the question. So can, can't, can, you know, it's easy. Steph looks like Steph. Clay looks better than I remember him, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Draymond, you know, they, they're a title core. And DiVincenzo is starting to contribute. Uh, Kaminga is starting to come into his own. If you squint, can I see why this team can compete? Of course I can. Can't. And here's what I'm worried about. I want to rent it by you. All right. Um, the way I view it, the Warriors have won as underdogs, right? That was their first title. Then they won as bullies when they brought in KD. And then last year kind of finished out the story arc. They won in that like redemptive, nobody fucking believes in us. So now they've covered all of the movie ways that you can win, all of the various motivations that can bring you there. And so if I was like a mountain climber and I'd climbed all the mountains, it's not that I'd stop climbing. I'd still, you know, love the hobby. But my motivation to reach another peak might go down. That's what I'm worried about with this team is that having done it all and having reached last year is like the most redemptive, revenge-based, you know, satisfying title that it's hard to get their ire up now. It's hard to to get back to that motivated place. What do you think? Um, unfounded on the money? Where Where are you on this one? No, I think it's on the money. I think what you, I think that was the best description of the home. I mean, of the road problems, right? That that's where it is. But in that answer, you could counter that with saying that's why they're going to look so much better come playoff time, right? Like again, you've heard how many times you've heard Draymond? What was he with the Dylan Brooks? This March, this March, dog. I don't even get out of bed. This March, you know, like you're you're letting us know, Draymond. We know. We I seen. <laughs> I seen you standing there, but he he was last night. He was underratedly good. You had the closeouts from Draymond, and he looks like he's gonna flip that switch. As even though we've been saying that all year long, so I think yeah, no, I think you're spot on, and 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 the, and it goes back to that that's the greatness of the greatest backcourt of all time, one of the greatest defenders of all time, and that internal motivation. They have nothing left to prove, and we've seen that. 
But when push comes to shove, pride's on the line. That's it's built in. It's built in. So I mean, fuck to, to rope in what you were saying earlier. The I've got four. He's got four. Really, what you're saying is I have nothing left to prove. You know, I mean, like it's 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 an inadvertent thing. That's not really what you're trying to communicate, but that is what you're communicating. Um, and so we got to hope that that the playoffs themselves manufactures some motivation. Here's our next one, man. Quote, every time the Warriors have lost a game over the last month, I've thought, just wait until we have Wiggins. Am I crazy or will Wiggins make this team a title favorite when he returns? So yeah, not touching why he's out, not to, I mean, nothing but respect. And whenever he, whenever he feels capable of coming back, excellent. But when he comes back, do you view him as the, all right, that's all we need, you know, and then off we go. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to uh, be disrespectful with it and all that. I, I, here's what I will say is, and I know it's, it's speculation, but if he seemed off this year a little bit, and and you could have written it into, hey, motivation. He finally, you know, that his first championship, he's finally got his flowers. So it was understandable. But sometimes you don't figure out things until high, in, in hindsight, you, you yeah. piece things together. And so if and when he does come back, does is he rejuvenated? Does he have that bounce mm. in that gear that we saw a year ago? And, and that's are, are we get, you know, that's the question. Yep. And, and, and we'll we'll see. Again, I don't I don't want to get too into the detail of it or assume anything, but. Yeah, if if he does, assume the best for me. Let's be optimistic. He comes back renewed. Do you does it change the title hopes of this team? Do you view them as if not a favorite, certainly a contender? Uh, he's the second best player on the team, and and that's <clears throat> Clay's been amazing, right? But oh, I'll, I'll I'll rephrase that. He was the second best player last year for the run. I think that we can all agree on that. Yep. So absolutely, and he is what? Uh, who was? Uh, he is a, one of a handful of guys that you would choose to put on Luca, to put on Tatum, to put on Kevin Durant. Exactly right. So absolutely. Shit. I'll take it a step farther. Not only was he the second best person on the team last year, but in the finals, I think he was the second best player on the floor. I think he outplayed Tatum. I know I'm alone on this and it's an Island I'll die on. Um, but if you're looking for his title impact, look no further than last year and the title he helped win. So yeah, I, I, he he changes this team and it's a component we need. Um, and I hope to see it. I'll, I'll leave it there so that we are respectful. Um, here's the next one. So I'm going to paraphrase this one. Guy wrote in, gave us both quotes, but Steph was recently on the Dubs Talk podcast and offered a couple of things that is getting attention. One, he kind of supported Myers. He didn't come out and say sign him, but he said some really nice things about him. And then two, he said he'd like to play one more game at Oracle. The Oracle one's kind of fun, and I got a follow-up question for you. But the Myers thing, it's weird for me, um, Alec. I don't understand it. I don't get what they're doing. I don't understand why I play games with this guy or negotiate with him. I just, if if these guys are really light years ahead and they're making insane amounts of money, then why the hell don't they pay the architect of this team? But I'll read you the quote and then ask you what, what you feel about the Myers thing and how you think it's going to go. Uh, here's the quote from Steph about Bob. Quote, we were all young at one point when we were trying to figure it out. Out of his special abilities is to connect with you where you are. Be truthful and honest and authentic about how difficult the NBA is in the sense of decisions that are made and the business side of it. But also, he has a personal touch that you trust. I don't ever take that for granted. The fact that I can have a difficult conversation with him, I can pick up the phone and let him know how I'm feeling, He'll give it to me straight around where we are as a team or where I am individually. So, you know, it's a guy he clearly has a lot of respect for and a relationship with. 
So what do you expect in this Meyer scenario? How are you reading this? Why are they doing this? You know, what's, what's your guess? Mm. You know, I, I was going to, I was going to get ready. I hadn't heard the quote. I was going to get ready to, to shit on the quote just because Steph is so diplomatic. Yep. You know, like he is just like, he's not going to give you anything, but that was actually really personal. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah, like that was insightful. Um, look, listen, Joe Lacob has earned the right to medal at the very least. Right. You know, I mean, who are we to say, but like, it, it does seem like there is some sort of ego clashing and I would assume Wiseman, it was at the hub of that huh. and this, and this too. And, and so it could just simply be negotiating both of these guys. That's kind of their strength, right? Is negotiating and playing hardball. But I imagine that there was, uh, again, this two timeline issue this year and, and Bob having to mediate between Lacob and Kerr in the vets has probably put some strain mm. on these negotiations and, and, and created, uh, unnecessary, I don't know, unnecessary leverage or like not leverage, but I don't know the word I'm looking for here, but yeah, I, th I think that there is some some stuff and it, and it falls with the two timeline thing, but hopefully it's just hardball with the money. I think you're right. There's some conflict that's happening. There's, I mean, th this should not be a conversational topic in my mind at all. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see Kelly Oubre uh, Lacob come back in where they paid Oubre like whatever it was, $500 million to come in and play for a single season. If you thought that Oubre's contribution to the team was willing, you know, was worth coming out of that amount, whatever the fuck Myers is talking. I mean, it's, it's a difference of like 10 million a year or something. Pay him. It, I don't, I don't get this um, of the things that you want to play hardball with and show the world that you're not willing to pay for the GM who created this dynasty doesn't feel like the place, you know, the line in the sand you want to draw. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And we've seen, you know, we saw it with Jerry West a little bit. We saw it with Chelsea lane a little bit. Um, I don't want this to, to become the new warriors, man. Well, and he here's the thing is because you, I mean, Coming from Cohen, you know, or Cohan, you know, I mean, you can again. Remember the the remember the day, the booing and the Monte trade. Oh, we have to revisit that, but um, you've heard so much about how hands on Lakeb is, right? The big he's drawing up mock big boards. He brings in uh, the Toronto development guy, coach um, Jokic, right? All this infrastructure. Yep. You wonder how much uh, credit he's giving himself and perhaps his son. And so when these negotiations are happening is, is uh, now I'm, I'm recklessly speculating, but who cares? The, they, um, you know, is he saying, well, wait a minute, Bob, I ordered this. I ordered that. I, I'm kind of making these decisions. Is, is there an element of that? I don't know, man. I, I hope so. You have hit the nail on the head out. That's exactly what I'm worried about. That's it. Exactly. You know, if, if they're playing, he negotiates for a living. If that's what he's doing, fine. But if this is some telltale sign, that he would like to have a much larger say, you know, that he's slowly becoming that owner who starts making basketball decisions. That's not good for this team. We do not need that. That kind of hubris is going to screw us. And so I, I think that's why I'm so worried about this. You know, it's like, it's this symptom that could be just a much smaller problem and it goes away, or it could be the first crack in, you know, in this beautiful dynasty that we've been able to admire from afar. So I, I don't know. It, it concerns me, man. I'll, I'll leave it that way. I agree. I think that this summer, listen, it, it may be really good for content, but uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have an explosive summer either way. 
I really do. I think so too. Um, Especially if what I've been saying is if the matchups work out and they play Sacramento and then they lose to Sacto and Vivek, I see Joe Lacob pulling out his checkbook and spending every dollar he has to, to get back on top. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see, we we got some time and you're right. The off season is going to be fire. Um, All right. Here's, here's a slightly more fun quote. So Steph also said he wanted to play back at Oracle. I won't read that quote. It was straightforward, but it leads to this. If they did that, they won't, but if they did that, who would you want to see him play? If you could handpick any team, you know, and, and they go out there for a charity game or something, who would you want in that building? I think I got to say Memphis. Because <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, game, you know, right? Jaw will be letting them off, and you know, <laughs> it'll be you know, oh, it'll fit Oakland. It's Oakland. Memphis is Oakland. <laughs> you know, I mean, what what beat right to my head was that Rockets team, but that team is long decimated, right? So then the next thought was Memphis. Yeah, or like like LeBron in Cleveland, but he's not there anymore and you can't do it. Um, so I, I've got a bastardized answer. I don't know if you remember. So back in like 2011, and I know that only because I looked it up and I went to this game. I'm embarrassed to let you know. They had a charity event where it was the current Warriors versus a We Believe team. And the rosters, they got uh, Matt Barnes, Jay Rich, Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, Ike Diagu. Al Harrington, CJ Watson, you remember that team? And I think Baron Davis was there. And they went to San Jose State and they played the current team. It was Monte and Steph Curry, David Lee, a bunch of other people. But I like that idea. But we bring in the like, fuck you all-stars. You know, it's like CP3, LeBron, KG in a Wolves jersey. Like all the dudes who just gave it to us in Oracle. And just, you know, just one more time. Even like George McLeod, like guy, like smaller name dudes who always had it out for the Warriors for whatever reason. So that's, that's my run here. Not bad. Not bad. We might lose, but, but they, <laughs> that, would, that would definitely be entertaining. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Final question. And it's the one I'm most excited for. All right. Quote, if you could commission any warrior from any era to write a tell all book, what warrior would you pick? And um, so the way I started going through this, is through eras, you know, like who would I like to hear talk about the era? So for We Believe, I think I'm going Stack Jack. He, is, I mean, I love the Can he podcast. Read right? Say that again. Can he read and write. <laughs> yeah, I assume so. <laughs> and and Stack, on the off chance you're listening to this, that was not me. That was not me. You, you go right after alchemy. You know, don't wait outside of my house and beat the shit out of me. All the smoke. Assume he'll, 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 it'll be a ghostwriter. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. So I'll definitely be a ghostwriter, but uh, it'd be Stack Jack there. I think for this year, so I want to be cute. You know, and I want to give you like some other name, but it's Draymond. I mean, he's He has a sense for drama. He is in the middle of most of the things I'd like to hear him describe, you know, like when he almost beat the shit out of Steve Kerr in the locker room or the, whatever it is that he whispered to KD or why he punched pool, but it would be Draymond. I think, uh, how about you, man? You could commission someone for a book. Who would you want to hear? Hmm. I, I think Draymond would definitely be uh, the most entertaining. Right. But I think as far as like, insightful you know you know you know who usually has the best perspectives is the one the, the listeners the quiet ones so i'll i'll, I'll give you a, a a dark horse in kavan looney oh. he's looney i feel like looney because everybody trusts and confides in him i bet you he knows where all the dirt he knows everybody's dirt the young guys the old guys right because they're they're like i'm gonna tell loon he ain't gonna tell nobody exactly right, right? so if he if loon had the tell all i think that would be <laughs> that would be where all the bodies would be would be buried i love that you know what i love about it 
Loon screams as that kind of energy as a guy. He has an opinion on everything. You know, he, he, he is a smart dude and he's watching and he's developed an opinion, but doesn't need to share it. You know, if, if you don't ask him about it or if like no one ever asks him for it, he'll just file it away. He doesn't need to perform and have you know. But if given the opportunity to kind of drop all those opinions, I think it would be gold. I would definitely read a Kevon Looney book. I'm, I'm all over that. Uh, I'll give you one other name just because it's at the heart of a nasty disaster. We don't talk about it anymore. Latrell Sprewell. I wouldn't Ooh. mind knowing what the hell PJ said, man. Like, I, I'm, we never, where's the 30 for 30 on that? Like, how how has that not been re-explored? You know, they, they, the man came out of a shower to choke him for like 45 minutes. Like, I, I feel like there's a story there that uh, has yet to be told. Yeah, I mean, in the way the way the pool Draymond video leaked, you know, I mean, if, if we just had <laughs> footage, I think then they, they would have ran with it. But that's a good one. That's a good one. That era of it. I'm trying to think of that era who would I would I would want to hear from. I don't I don't think I maybe had enough perspective. Um the picture would have that. How about Mookie Blaylock? He could write a book about how he didn't give a fuck. How he <laughs> and it just didn't play in any way and didn't show up. Dude, how that was the whole that was we would get these washed names and they'd show up and just collect their check. Like Bimbo Coles, Mookie Blaylock. I mean, there was there was endless of those guys. Remember Corey Blunt? Like what would happen is like someone oh. would play like slightly well in the playoffs, and then the Warriors would be like, "We need you." The Casey Raiders Caffey. did that for a while Casey too. Caffey. Yep, yep. There was, <laughs> was a ton of them. I, I remember that whole Bobby Sura era. I was at plenty of those games because they were like twelve bucks a ticket. It's a hundred percent right, and you could sit anywhere you wanted. Yeah. You could go downstairs and sit right there. I was a huge Bobby Sarah guy. I remember Bobby like Sarah. wanted to to dye my hair, you know, like I, he was, he'd dunk occasionally. Like I was, I was all about what's been so hard about this year, man. Um, and, and I don't get to talk to people who have been watching as long as we have when they lost before, you know, I, I expected it. It was like watching Mr. Bean fall, you know, like it's, they were, they were a comedy. And so when they lost, it wasn't a big deal. What's hurt this year is it's like watching James Bond fall. You know, mm. my my perception of them are these this dynastic group that just isn't fucking playing well. And it's a whole different way to process it. You know, it's not watching Danny Fortson be shitty for us, you know, and coming to terms with that. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. What what, what is what's the I'm going to butcher the quote, but expectations ruin, you know, joy based yes. more or less. Right. But no, I hear you. It, it, it is. It's super. This has been I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. This has been the long. It feels like the longest season I've covered. I've been doing it since like 17 as far as the breakdowns for each game. And this just feels like a, a, it's just a marathon. And you're right. It's the expectations. It's the up and down of it. Um, but I, you know what I find funny is that the, uh, and I'm not here to quit. Like, this is the thing. I don't, I don't want to shit on anybody's fandom because that's what happens when we became a dynasty and it was so great. You're going to gain three times the fans. It's only yep. natural Steph yep. Curry, you know, and so I totally get it, but these newer fans, they haven't felt that torture and that pain. And so I, I love what I get. People say, I ain't worried about nothing. We, we, that's all they know. They're like, oh, we, we all good. I'm like, I don't know, man. This, is, this could just get real ugly real fast too, you know, because they haven't felt that before. And so it's just a balancing of, of the expectations and appreciating it while it's here. Steve Kerr, when they were really, really, really winning games, would occasionally say, this is not real life. You know, this is not real basketball. And like, the fact. Oh, my God, was that true? You know, welcome to real life. Like, this is this is what it feels like even to be an elite team. You know, you're not guaranteed shit that you're going to have downsides to this. Uh, I I wasn't going to ask you this, but I got you. And I promise it'll be my last one here. Jordan Poole contract. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, mm -hmm. like, where where are you on this deal? Mm-mm-mm. 
Jordan Poole, man. Like I, so if you if you go back to my videos, I have you know I've supported Poole at each step here of like his process, and and I understand that he is trying to play behind the greatest backcourt of all time, but I also understand why Draymond tried to prime Chuck Liddell, knock him in outer <laughs> space, like. Like, you know, like, listen, and people, again, this is, that's the one thing I didn't want to say is because we talk about this, the, the, the generation gap right now is one of the largest, I think we've seen per generation. Like we all, we all talk about like, it's, I dress different. I listen to different music, right? This 10 year gap, but these kids that grew up on Instagram and Facebook, it's different. And I'm not afraid to say, listen, I'm, I'm, he was, he was good last night. He actually played like a six man last night and he, he scored when we needed him to, I can live with some, some turnovers if they're, the intentions are good. Yeah. Right. But you know, pool is, it, but yeah, the contract, I, I think that, I think that it is, it may play out like the D contract. It, it may be an asset. It may be an asset. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just, I don't like where he's at as a player right now. And I, I, what I was going to say is I, I, I skip. He's a, he seems obnoxious. Like I'll just say, right? He seems like an obnoxious guy. He, he's he, blah, blah, you saw Kerr almost swing on him in Cleveland. <laughs> if you did a draft, you had the the entire league's population, and you were drafting to f- pick one person who could use his words alone to make you want to punch him. Jordan Poole might be my number one pick overall. You know, and I've never had a conversation with the man. I've never had it, but just watching him over these last few years makes me feel very confident in that number one overall pick status. So yeah, I think obnoxious isn't isn't unwarranted. Let's phrase it that way. And then I think the other thing that you're, you know, I know you're hearing this chatter too, right? Is the way Dante's performing and how much more of a warrior type of player he is and a complete player. And that's where, you know, the fan is. We'll see how it plays out, right? We got a long ways to go, and maybe he can have a good playoffs. But you know, if you do look at last season in, in that the, the crazy run with each playoff, Steph, remember he came off the bench in the Denver series in round one, right? Yep. With each series, Poole played less and less as the games got tighter and closer up until the finals, where he didn't, he wasn't a real big part of that finals. You know, GP two was you know coming back from the elbow, yep. so. uh We'll see how these these playoffs play out and and if he can settle into a role, but um yeah I, I think that part of that I, here's the question, Were, was that extension coming pre punch or not? Because they didn't have to extend him then, right? But it felt like it all lined up the punch, the video, the drama. Definitely. Here's 130. Yep. Yep. Um, to continue an ongoing theme, exciting off season. Yeah, we there, there's a lot of defining hoop to be played and then an off season that might completely uh overhaul this roster i guess i guess we'll find out together man yeah man it's it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be exciting and again I just appreciate this run and in uh yeah i think i think we're gonna i think we're in store for a lot of change the, the one thing that i will say is about um about how frustrating this has been it does seem like with the 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 way the three balls being shot and the shot variance and the way the 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 league's being played right now it's kind of trending towards the NFL with parity mm-hmm. where i don't know i don't know if we're going to have these dominant teams anymore because it's 20 point swings every night yep. and and it's just a, a, a it more than ever it's a make or miss league so it, does that does that allow us to just remain competitive even as the dynasty fizzles out we'll see yes we will um alk thank you 
a huge fun. I was looking forward to this one and you did not disappoint in any way. I am sure that people need way more athletic alchemy in their life. If I'm right, where do they go? Uh, athletic alchemy, YouTube, athletic alchemy patron. I break down every warrior game the next day. It's about 12 to 13 minutes, you know, full highlights with commentary over it. Um, some jokes, some details, some, some coaching aspect of it. Um, yeah. And then you can find me, uh, at uncle alchemy on Twitter. I don't tweet much, but when I do, they usually mean something, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I appreciate you having me on, bro. Of course, man. That was like the most interesting man in the, uh, of the world beer commercials. I don't always tweet, <laughs> but when I do, it's hell of importance uh, for us. We are still only on one place on social media. That's Twitter. That's about to expand, but we'll take that up down the line. We have a website now, warriorshuddle.com, where we have written content. Hop on there, look around, give us some hits. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And if you want to get us a question or let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, you can shoot that to our email account. That's uh, huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.